Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Adam. And this is Amir. And welcome back to Music of Destruction. This is our season four finale. And today, we're doing an album review. And Amir, who are we doing an album review on today? Bootleggers. They have just recently dropped their 10th studio album, Medicine at Midnight. Literally just 10 seconds before we hit record on this thing, we just finished listening to it. We took notes on it, and we're going to give you our thoughts on how we think the record was. And honestly, I think what we should do is, after this review, we should go back and listen to it again, maybe a second time. Not tonight, but maybe sometime down the line, and maybe see like if it still holds up you know, the way we still think it does now. So, uh, we don't know how long or short this episode may be. Uh, are you going to give your, your list uh, after, after we're done with the review? Uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll go over my list. Okay, we'll, we'll go over it real quick. This and, album was relatively short for a Foo Fighters album. Yeah, it really was. So there, there's not going to be as much to talk about as we did, like with their, with our hour-long episode with when we talked about their 25th anniversary back in season two. Uh, so without delaying this amazingness anymore, let's start off at the beginning. This was uh, I was really really excited to listen to this. But you wanted to wait until today to, so we could listen to it together. I'd only heard three tracks from it. And the other six tracks I had not heard. So today we finally listened to the whole thing and this is what we think. So let's start off with track number one, Making a Fire. Uh, what did you think of Making a Fire? This track had a lot of great uh, elements to it. For one, it reminded me of a Rolling Stone song. Yeah. Big time. It had that uh, classic rock sound to it. Uh, great instrumentals behind it. It's a little unusual for Foo Fighters, you know, when you consider a lot of their earlier work. And that's the thing with this album, it's very experimental. Definitely. This song, I think, uh, I thought it was a great track. I thought it was a good opener for starters. It was a great opening track. And. The one thing that threw me off though was the was the na 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 chorus, as a, as a, as you was going throughout the song. That's the one thing that threw me off, and it's like something you maybe could have just left out, and like almost like if you didn't have that in there, the song would be like perfect. That's like that's like how how good the song was. It was really only that that really took away from the song for me. But if you just if you didn't have that, the song would be uh, it'd be it'd be perfect. It'd be the perfect opening song to uh, to an album. But everything was great about it. It was a great track. So, uh, how about number two is going to be the biggest one. It's going to be the biggest one that uh, a lot of people are talking about. And that's uh, Shame Shame. This is their first single released from the album when they started promoting it. And what's your thoughts? This is going to take a lot of getting used to. Yes. This, This song, while it does have a catchy chorus, not a big fan of the verses yet at least you know off of my initial impression it could grow on me you know I'll go back and listen to it again but just going off of my initial impression not my favorite yeah <laughs> and I was telling you earlier while we were listening to the album uh, I was I pretty much had the same opinion as you where I wasn't a fan of it at first and it took me like a good five six seven eight listens I know I'm kind of stretching that number, but it, it, it took me a while before I actually got used to how it sounded and a lot of things that were, you know, that made it so different. 
And I know that they've gone and stated that, you know, the reason they were chose to release this one first was because of how different it sounded. And they, they wanted to get that initial reaction from people. Because, you know, when people think Foo Fighters, they're thinking, oh, it's that fucking badass hard rock band, you know, that has, uh, has all those great tracks, amazing tracks from the 90s and even the 2000s. So by making a different track, they they wanted they wanted to have that reaction and throw people off. So people would hear it and be like, "What the fuck is this shit?" They, Dave literally said he wanted that reaction from people, and whether it was good or bad, he got his wish because <laughs> they got a lot of heads spinning and a lot of people talking. A lot of people like it. A lot of people hate it. I I, I kind of I, I played both sides on that. You know, I hated it first when I first heard it. And now I'm actually okay with it. So maybe maybe sometime after you listen to it again, sometime a couple more times, maybe your opinion will change. But uh, I'm going to have to go ahead with what I currently feel about it. And I'm, I'm actually okay with that. I don't love it. Used to hate it. Don't hate it anymore. It's not really. It's not going to be the first song I throw on the radio whenever we're going somewhere When I, if I want to listen to Foo Fighters. It's definitely not going to be the last song I pick, but it won't be the first. So, uh... I'm gonna have to say I'm, I'm I'm okay with this track now, just because I've had time to let it sink in. Like if today had been the first time that I had listened to it and I didn't listen to any of the previous singles before you, I probably would have had the same opinion of uh, you know of, of not liking it. But I'm actually okay with it. So uh, who knows? Maybe uh, sometime in the future, your your maybe your opinion will change. Ugh. So let's move on to track number three, Cloud Spotter. This fucking track. What did you think of Cloud Spotter? Honestly, I think this would probably be the best track on the album. Oh, this track was fucking amazing. Everything about this track was great. Great chorus, catchy riffs, the bass was amazing in this song. Everything about this song, man. Roll kills it in this song. Everyone, everyone did exactly what they were supposed to do. This was like a classic foo foo sounding sound, you know. This song was freaking amazing. When we got, we, when you saw our reaction, you know, when, when we first started hearing those, uh, when we first started hearing those instruments going, we were like, oh shit, we're, we're about to be in for something. And then the rest of the song started playing, we were like, yeah, man, this, this is like classic sound, you know, like the hard hitting sound that you're so used to, you know? Man, this, this is probably going to be a really short episode besides your list. Because we're kind of flying by through these songs. There's not really too much to talk about other than the fact that it's different. Because the whole album is different from their previous records. So, I mean, it's it's kind of strange. So, track number four, Waiting on a War. This was my personal favorite from the album. And this is, this is Cloud Spotter is like on par with this song now ever since I heard that song. But, uh... Waiting on the War is definitely, it was definitely my favorite track on the album as of right now. Um, it reminds me, it's like an, it reminds me of like a like small, distant cousin of Times Like These, if that song was an acoustic song. And this, this track was fucking awesome. I especially love the chorus in the middle where he was like, for this and that, there's got to be more to this and that, just waiting on a war. Like that. That that really got me uh, caught up in the song. Uh, what do you think of "Waiting on War"? Yeah, I, I really liked uh, this song. I like the acoustic uh, 
theme that they had going throughout the song. Very catchy chorus, but towards the end, the buildup is where it really like yeah. takes it home, you know. Yeah, when you when you got the buildup to Taylor coming in on the fucking drums, because you know he he's he was like you didn't really hear much of it in the background. You heard like you didn't hear like the pounding like you normally do, and then towards the end you started hearing the dun, 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 and he starts having that buildup. That's when it really started getting you going, and then towards the end, he's like, "Cause I need more." That's that's when the song was really picking up. But did you like the song though? I did like the song, yeah. Yeah, it was a really really good song to me. That's still my personal favorite next to Cloud Spotter. I really thought "Waiting on a War" was going to be my favorite track, which it is as of right now. But I didn't think that anything was going to rival it. So until I heard Cloud Spotter, that song right there, that's I, I love that track, and I love "Waiting on a War." Definitely a song that I would love to hear them play live. And there's another topic that I'm going to talk to you about uh, after we finish the show. And then we'll get back to that in another episode. But uh, definitely love the track. It's definitely a track I'd love to hear them play live. I'd love to hear them play Cloud Spotter and Waiting on a War. I think those would be two great tracks to hear at a show. So now here we get into some, uh, some strange territory here with their title track. I remember we were listening to this. The title track is Medicine at Midnight, just like the album was called. The song was, um, it was okay, but it felt kind of like, it felt kind of off with, uh, like, with the style that they chose to do with this track. Because I remember you were saying something about it. What, what did you think of this track? Man, I wasn't quite sure about this one. It, it just, I don't know underwhelming especially for a title track you kind of expect more yeah because you know like with past bands that we've listened to and everything usually a bands have a title track it's usually like really fucking great but this one I'm not saying it's bad or anything it's just like the, yeah the best way I could probably put it is probably how you said it it's underwhelming where you were thinking it was going to lead to something great and it just turns out it's just it's less it's average or less than average so uh, the, the track could have been better, but uh, it's it, if I had to pick based on everything else, it's probably my least favorite of the album, which is kind of sad to hear because, you know, I usually love title tracks to albums because usually, you know, bands will do them really great, but this one's pretty underwhelming, but uh, so I'll probably just go on and say right now, this is probably my least favorite track of the album. So... I have my most favorite track, and then now I have my least favorite track now. So, uh, okay. So let's move on to the next track. This is track number six, No Son of Mine. What do you think of this track? This was a heavy hitter, man. This was, if you wanted classic Foo Fighters, this is your song. Everything about this this track is great. Girl singing, Taylor pounding that fucking drum in the background. I gotta give Taylor credit, man. Like, even though this record was so different, I give him credit for sticking with it, and the dude can fucking drum. <laughs> he he is a fucking amazing drummer. So Taylor, if you're out there listening, badass man. Keep keep doing what you're doing on your drums, man. Yeah, this track was great. Like, it, it instantly gave me that 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 classic food sound, you know, like uh, from their earlier albums, like. Because I haven't really truly loved a Foo Fighters album probably since Wasting Light back in 2011. And that was 10 years ago. 
because Sonic Highways didn't didn't live up to the way I, I, I hoped it was going to be. I only like like maybe two or three tracks on that record, and I think that record there was only like eight tracks or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And I appreciate what they were trying to do in that record because um, apparently what they were trying to do was uh, with each of those tracks they recorded in a different city, and in when in each of those cities they chose to record their their track based on the sound that that city would have with music I guess and I appreciate what they were trying to do personally it just it didn't live up to what I was hoping it was going to be there was really only one or two tracks I love on that album specifically something from nothing which is still my favorite track on that album that was 2014 so uh I do I will say one thing though you know uh, from this album uh, I do like it better than Sonic Highways and that was from like you know seven years almost going on seven years now so yeah No Son of Mine great great song great song so track number seven we have Holding Poison this song was kind of a gray area for me because I did like it I did like it better than the title track Medicine at Midnight and it was catchy and it had great drum and guitar work in there Roll was obviously great but it had sort of like a weird uh kind of like a weird chorus to it like it wasn't bad but like it's it's it took me a minute to kind of to kind of find my rhythm to it it had kind of this weird effect on his voice too mm-hmm. kind of like like the ambient sound like he was recording from a kind of from far away like from a distance right yeah it was it was strange like and I'm not I'm not trying to defend you know the band and everything because I love them and I'm not trying to like fanboy out here or anything. Even though I have listened to them forever, I'm just I'm just honestly trying to state like how I feel. And th- this track this track was like a gray area. It's like I can't I can't really say if I like it or if I don't like it. It's like it's like right in the middle, and I just I can't lean either way. So I really I can't really can't give an opinion on it. I'll have to listen to it maybe a second or third time and then maybe kind of like how I did with Shame Shame I can kind of get a better opinion on it because right before we did this episode we literally just finished listening to the album and that was the first time I'd ever heard the track so maybe I'll get another give it another couple listens and then and then probably give my uh, give my official rating on that song but right now it's kind of a gray area just because I've only heard it once So, uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about the song? No, that was pretty much it. Uh, it did have a really good solo. Yeah, the the, the, the drum and guitar work in, in in the song was really good, and it and it was catchy. It did have a it did have a bit of a rhythm to it, but there was just something off. Like when it, right whenever it hit the chorus, and it took it it, it was weird. Like I, I couldn't vibe to it like I normally wanted to. So it was it was off. So uh, now we're on to track number eight, "Chasing Birds." This was an acu- this was a completely soft song, and I told you earlier before we started, it's like uh, this track is like a song that you would put on low volume with your earphones in at night while you were trying to sleep, and you could fall asleep to it. That's like the best way I can describe the album. What'd you think of it? I gotta agree with how you described it. This is his most, most on, softer song with deep lyrics, 
groups. I mean, this this isn't a song that you're gonna you know party out to or that you're gonna tear shit up with. This is one of those songs that, like you said, you sit back, you relax with it, and you just kind of doze off, or you or you, you you think about things, you know. This is it's it's like one of those songs where they play like at a like at a party or something, and like uh, if it's the party's dying down and and the DJ is still playing in the background and he just puts on a slow song and you could just kind of fucking slow dance to it kind of a thing. Something something like that. It was a good song though. I did like it even though it was soft. Like, uh, you know, girl singing was obviously great and I was, I was okay with the lyrics and everything. I was, uh, I was vibing them even though it was, uh, the lyrics were a little bit different than usual. But, um, I, overall I did like the song. It's, it's one of those songs where you listen to when you're going to sleep. I might even try to listen to it when I go to sleep and see if it has any effect on me, so... We'll see about that. And then finally, we have track number nine, which is the end of the album, Love Dies Young. Uh, I want to get your opinion on this first before I say what I say. I, I actually really like this song, man. This song had a really great chorus. had a really good sound to it. The riffs in this song were fucking amazing. Yeah. Compared to like all the other songs on this album, this one was my favorite as far as uh, the the guitar work uh, went. Definitely. Uh, for me, the best I can say about this song is that uh, it was really really catchy. It was a good way to end the album. It was a, it was a good way to finish off finish off strong with the uh, with the album. That's been up and down, you know, with them being experimental with their tracks and everything. Uh, everything about the song is great. The lyrics are great. The instruments are great. Every, everything about this track is great, and the way like it's supposed to be, because it's uh, it's different from "No Son of Mine" and let's say "Waiting on a War." It's it's different than both of those. Although it's in the same, almost in the same area music-wise, it's different. But overall, I think it was a really good track. I think it was a really good way to end the album. They ended it strong. And I've been seeing like a lot of reviews of people, you know, reviewing the album and stuff. And a lot of people are liking it. A lot of people are saying, you know, that it's fucking trash and how like uh, they, they've changed and stuff like that. Where, you know, they've been around for over 25 years, you know. I mean, unlike Asking Alexandria, who just randomly changed like after 10, I mean... At least Foo have had, you know, they've had time to boil in the pot, you know? You know, if they decided they wanted to try something different, you know, I say let them, you know? They give us, like, nine straight records of, you know, of the music that we love, and all of a sudden, randomly, they want to, they just want to try something else. And, you know, honestly, I said, given their status, they've earned it. They've, they earned a chance to try something different. And it's not like this is the way that they're going to stay forever, you know, they're still going to be the same band that we all love. And, you know, even though this album is much different than everything that we've listened to before, you know, I'm being honest when I say this, and I'm not saying this as a fanboy or nothing. I'm saying this as someone who just listened to the album for the first time, most of the tracks anyway. I'm saying that overall, I think this album was, was decently great. Not, the, not a perfect album. I do consider it better than Sonic Highway's. And personally, I'm going to give this album a 7 out of 10. That's just my opinion based on everything that we've heard. Yeah, I'm right there with you in that ballpark. 7 out of 10. Nothing terrible. Nothing 
too, you know, too spectacular. It's 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 in the middle. It's a seven out of ten. Yeah, like if if the title track Medicine and Midnight had actually been like a really good heavy hitter, I would have bumped it up to at least an eight or an eight point five. But the the title track was just under underwhelming to me. And it just didn't it didn't really have like that feeling like I was hoping it was gonna have. But uh I, I give them points for trying though. I mean, you know, they I love these guys. I mean, they've been around over 25, 26 years now. And I, I give them props for one that wanted to try something new. And I get it. I mean, if I was in a band, eventually I'd want to do that too. But, you know, you stick to what you love. And if you want to change, you know, just come out and say, hey, uh, you know, we're, we're wanting to try something else. And at least give people like, you know, like a, a chance to see, hey, so after doing it this way for so long, we're, we're, we're wanting to try something a little bit different. And they didn't change completely. They still got, they still got a lot of memorable tracks on here. So it's not like, you know, they went in a completely horrible different direction. Because, you know, honestly, I'd rather listen to this than how, like a house on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's a, that's a whole another topic for another day because you know we we've, we've already talked about that so much in the past, all the way back in season one. So uh, that's going to be it for the for our medicine at midnight review for Foo Fighters. Uh, Amir, I got one other question to ask you though before we before we end this session right here is out of uh, out of all the episodes we've done this season. In season four, what's been your favorite? What, what, what's been your most favorite? Uh, the Nirvana episode. Yeah, that, that, that one was great. The one we did with Tony was great. It was our longest episode now. At an hour and 35 minutes. I don't know if we're ever going to surpass that that time again. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what else is out there. Um, another episode I like doing. I love talking about Currents. I thought that was a really good episode. Because I've been wanting to talk about them for a while. Talking about Wage War was great too. Even though we were having those fucking tech- technical issues that we were having. Because like my, my phone just like randomly stopped recording like literally right after you finished like talking about your concert experience. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I immediately started another one. And then it, it just I guess it just kind of worked out at the exact time that it ended the call. And luckily we were able to make another quick session before it did it again. And we were able to kind of salvage, you know, what was going on, which I still don't know what was going on. It just randomly happened. So, uh, yeah, I, I think those, those are my top episodes as of right now. Doing this one was fun, too. It was fun listening to the album because we're literally doing we were literally doing this review like immediately after finishing all nine tracks. So it's like it was pretty fresh on our minds. But uh we're going to do one last thing before we end the episode. Uh, we're going to take a short little break real quick. And then we're going to come back and Amir is going to give us his his uh, underrated song list. I previously did this in episode 8. And we'll be right back with his list.
And welcome back, everyone. After finishing our uh, album review for Foo Fighters Medicine at Midnight. And now we're going to move on to our last thing of the episode for this season of Season 4. And Amir is going to be giving us his top underrated song list. So, Amir, take it away. So I don't think you've heard a lot of the songs on this list. You've heard a lot of the bands on here. You may have heard some, actually. But uh, to start off the list... At number one is Data Remembers song I Remember. Yeah, I've heard that song. You've heard that one? Oh, I've heard it. It's a damn good song. Yeah, right? that. Call Me Courtesy was a fantastic album. One of my favorites from them personally. Was that was that their uh? Was that their fourth album or their fifth album? I, I can't uh, remember. Let's see. Because Homesick was their third one. What was their fourth that, album? That was their fifth. It was their fifth one. Okay. Asking Alexandria's Hey There Mr. Brooks off of Stand Up and Scream. Ooh. Dude, every song every song on that album is fucking great. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like perfect, perfect, perfect record. Back when they were something special. What were where is where is the keyword? The the next song on the list, number three, is Avenge Seven Foes, The Wicked End off of City of Evil. <sighs> Again, like another another great album. I still, I still think Afterlife is, is, I mean, it's like one of their, one of their best, best songs. Their, their self-titled is one of my favorite albums from them. Their fourth, their fourth record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Uh, let's see, number four on the list is Bullet for My Valentine with their song Pretty on the Outside. Ooh, that's a good, that's an interesting choice. Beaver was uh, probably one of the last albums where. They had this heaviness factor to them. After that, Temper Temper kind of slowed down a bit. You had Venom, which, which picked it back up. But it was never like Fever or Three Main Fire. You know, they never really returned back th- to that sound. I think Fever was actually, is actually my favorite Bullet album. Because uh, it, it just it had so many great tracks in there. It had, you know, it had Alone. It had Your Betrayal. It had... Uh, one song on there that uh, I probably should have put on my list, uh, Breaking Out, Breaking Down. I think that song is really, really great. Um, you know, it had so many great tracks on that record. Uh, coming in at number five, we have The Word Alive with their song, Made This Way. Oh, I have not heard that one. No, I know we haven't really talked about The Word Alive much, but I do want to get around and talk to you eventually. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we're we're definitely gonna gonna get around to it because I'm actually I'm actually kind of wanting to listen to some of the, some of their music as well. Coming in at number six, it's a band that we're, hopefully we're gonna talk about next season. Is a Bison Men with their song "Product of a Murder." Hmm. This album that uh, the album that this song was featured on is called "The Flood." one of the best albums I have ever listened to. If I remember correctly, I, I included it on my uh, album with no bad song list. Yeah, I, I think you did. But this this album was phenomenal. This song is phenomenal. I do miss having Austin in the band, but Aaron is still continuing on with the band pretty strong, keeping them going. They keep putting out bangers. You know, they, they never give up, and I, I love this band so much. 
Do you prefer um so do you do you prefer the the old or the new? Uh I kind of prefer the old just for uh nostalgia reasons. Yeah. But I can get behind the new as well. That's good. All right, uh coming in at number 7, I believe. Like Moths to Flame with their song Even God Had the Hell. Hmm. I think I might have heard that song once, but it's. Now, either the original or the acoustic. Both are great versions of the song. But that pick right there, I remember I listened to the song back when the album first came out. And I had the song on repeat for days. It's just, it's that good of a song. Uh, I believe the lead singer of the band, he mentioned how he almost lost someone close to him. That was his inspiration uh, behind writing the lyrics of the song because he couldn't fathom uh, living without that person being by his side pretty much. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Number eight is a band that you may have heard of, but I don't think you've ever really listened to. And that's uh, Where the Dead Ships Dwell by In Flames. Heard of them, haven't heard it. That that seems to be the case with a lot of uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of music with In Flames. Yeah. A lot of people know the band but don't really uh, get into it too well. But this song right here... If you like them, maybe I'll give them a listen. This song right here has a great chord behind it. You, I know for a fact you'll definitely get behind it and the solo in the song. I know you're a sucker for guitar. Oh, heck yeah, dude. This, this song right here has an amazing Alright, uh, number nine is Disciples with their song Dear X. Dear X. It is written as if uh, he's directing it towards obviously an X, right? Uh huh. But I believe the song is more about uh, overcoming hardship, depression, and you know, uh, things like that that kind of weigh you down. But the way he writes it is to like a an ex-lover who was abusive to him. I really like the perspective they took on this song. Interesting. Right. Uh, I got 13 songs on the list, but I want to pick one more. Go ahead. Yeah. If you want to, we can do all of them. Okay, uh, uh, I'll probably just end up picking one more. This song right here, I definitely think you need to listen to because the lead singer of the band is uh, too close to touch with their song, Kylie. Now, this song right here was written after his little sister, adopted sister, I believe. She was three years old, ended up passing away. Mm -hmm. So he wrote this song about her. And just the portrayal of all the emotions of losing her and how it impacted him and his family. This song right here is gut-wrenching. Oh, man pulled at the heartstrings and based on the history of what you say that it is it's it sound it sounds like it'd be like that you listen to this song and at the end of it you'll be like god damn like just you, you can feel every single bit of emotion going into the song yeah but that's pretty much sums it up for my underrated song list man i'm about to go and listen to some of those tracks that you pointed out to me it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty crazy list Man. Okay, well, uh, 
I guess that's gonna that's I guess that's gonna be a wrap on season four. Um, we hope uh, we hope all of you enjoyed, especially with our Medicine and Midnight album review. We both gave it a seven out of ten. I think it's a pretty decent album, not the best, but definitely not the worst. And we love Foo Fighters. We can't wait to see what else they're gonna do in the future. And uh, next season, season five, that's gonna be an interesting one because uh, we're gonna be reviewing Escape the Fates' new album, Chemical Warfare. And we've been dying to listen to that to that album. So there's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of note taking on that when we get to that point. And we got a lot. We've already started planning season five out. We got a lot of great bands we're wanting to talk about with everyone, and we can't wait for you all to hear it. So, that being said, we hope you all enjoyed. Season five starts on April third, two thousand twenty-one, and we hope to see y'all there and tune in. And we'll see y'all in April. How's it going everyone? This is Adam from Music of Destruction. I hope you guys enjoyed me and Amir's uh, album review for Foo Fighters Medicine at Midnight. It was a really great album to listen to. We recorded it back to back with episode 8, which was about a week or so before the airing of Medicine at Midnight episode. But I wanted to come on here to make this short little, uh, little after clip, I guess you could say. And just give you, uh, give everyone a heads up on something that's going to be going on during season five. So season five is going to start on April third, two thousand twenty-one. April third is our one-year anniversary of doing the podcast together, and it's going to be the starting of our fifth season. So what we want to do is we wanted to do something special the, uh, to celebrate our our one year podcast anniversary so we were trying so hard to figure out what we wanted to do but we could never just we can we couldn't really get a solid idea of what, of what something we could do or maybe someone huge we could talk about or something like that but uh, you know we were having trouble thinking of ideas or something we can do but eventually I came up with an idea and that's what this clip is about it's about me telling you guys what it's going to be so Here's, what, here's what's going to go on. Starting in Season 5, it's not going to be for every episode or for the rest of the show. But starting in Season 5, it'll most likely be our first episode. Because I think it'll make a good uh, Episode 1 for the one-year anniversary of the podcast. So to do something special, here's what I'm going to do. There are certain groups that me and Amir briefly touched on earlier on in the show, you know, we were just starting, you know, we were still learning how to do this whole podcast thing and everything, and, you know, over time, I eventually started realizing that, you know, it wasn't really the best idea to cram in, like, three bands or four bands into one straight episode just to try to make the episode longer or something, and whenever you have three or four bands in one episode you're trying to get out, uh, we weren't able to talk about them as much as we probably like to, because this is before we learned that you, this is before I learned that you could record up to one hour for each uh, set recording session, 
So once you reach that hour mark, you'd have to stop and you'd have to start another session. You could talk for another hour. That was before I realized we could actually do this. This was like early on in season one where we were just starting out. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. But now that we've we've grown more accustomed to how to how to use Anchor to our advantage and stuff like that and help our podcast, and we've learned a lot more about it. So in a nutshell, basically what we're going to do starting with episode one for season five, we're going to start talking about groups that we may have touched on in previous seasons, most likely from season one, maybe season, maybe a couple from season two. But since we're doing bands in one, on one per episode now, along with maybe a topic or so here or there for each episode, we're not going to do it for every every episode that we did previously because that would just undo everything that we did starting off of the show. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick maybe one band from each episode where we maybe talked about multiple groups in one show or maybe a group that we didn't talk get to talk enough about as much as, much as we probably wanted to. So that's something I feel like we could uh, we could probably end up doing starting with season five. But like I said, we're not going to do it for every single episode. We'll maybe have an episode here or there talking about groups that maybe we wanted to talk about a little bit more. And you'll be able to easily identify these episodes whenever they come up on a new you know, episode, maybe uh, every Saturday or something, whenever the season starts. But it'll, it'll have the caption, The Retelling. So look for the words, The Retelling, in the title of the episode. And that'll tell you about a band that we previously talked about in earlier season. But we're going to talk about them more in depth now. Instead of putting three or four bands or artists into one episode and only having a limited amount of time to talk about them within that hour session. So that's what we're planning on trying to do. But like I said, it's not going to be for every episode. There's still going to be new bands and stuff like that we're going to be talking about throughout the show. We're just going to pick a few here and there. But it's not going to be every single one. It's just going to be ones that we feel like we need to talk about more. And one thing we're going to do is for episode one, we, we decided that for our for the one year, we're, we want to start off with something strong. And since it's our one year, I came up with this idea to do this. And let's just say we got a really, we got a really special band that we briefly talked about early in the show that we want to talk about more. I don't want to say what it is. I want it to be a surprise. But tune in on April 3rd, 2021, because that's the start of season five and our episode one. And we're going to kick this thing off with the bang. Like, we're going to start season five off strong. And I'm sorry I've been talking for so long. I just wanted to give everyone a heads up on what's going on. But me and Amir are really excited with this idea. He was totally on board for it, especially with bands that we didn't get to touch on even more early on the show like maybe we probably should have but I want to thank you all for listening I want to thank you all for understanding and I feel like this is something that we we really really want to do because we you know over time as we've done this show you know one thing we've started doing you know recently was back in season three I believe where you know we started doing these episodes with one band per episode just so we wouldn't get overwhelmed listening to all this music for like three or four different bands and it it made life a lot easier for us to do this show so 
by doing this, it's really, it's really going to help us focus more on the bands that we want to talk about more specifically and more thoroughly. We can talk about, when we talk about one band, we can listen to their albums, we can, we can get o- go over their history, we can literally talk in depth like we want to, and we can do it all within that hour session. And it's really, really going to make life a lot easier for us, and we're really excited to talk about these extra groups that we've talked about previously a little bit, but this time we're going to get to talk about them in depth, and we're really, really excited about that. So I feel like I've yammered on long enough. Wanted to thank everyone who's uh, who enjoyed our season four. Season five starts on April third, two thousand twenty-one. We're really excited. We're going to bring you guys another awesome season, and we want to thank you for listening and understanding. And we'll see you in season five. <laughs>